Hello, friends. Welcome to the dimension of our Midnight Cake, a weekly transmission from the Nexus of Realities. I'm Soltis, and joining me are my friends and fellow transdimensional beings, Beaches. It's time to go back. Lumberdor. Forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. Hallelujah. And Doug. I have stolen 20 bucks from each of your wallets at least one time. Ah! <laughs> oh. I had 20 bucks. <laughs> You're supposed to just hand it back to us and go, trust me. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a 1990 martial arts superhero film based on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle franchise. Now, and what we're talking about here is the first theatrical Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. Directed by Steve Barron from a screenplay by Todd W. Langan and Bobby Herbeck, it stars Judith Haug and Elias Coteus with the voices of Brian Tochi, Robbie Rist, Corey Feldman, and Josh Pice. The film follows the Turtles on a quest to save their master Splinter with their new allies April O'Neil and Casey Jones from the Shredder and his Foot Clan. The film is an adaptation of the early Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics with several elements taken from the animated series airing at the same time. The Turtle costumes were developed by Jim Henson's Creature Shop and was one of Henson's last projects before his death shortly after the premiere. The film was released theatrically in the United States on March 30th, 1990 by New Line Cinema. It received mixed reviews from critics, but was a box office success, grossing $202 million against a budget of $13.5 million, becoming the highest grossing independent film up to that time. It was later surpassed in 1999 by The Blair Witch Project and the ninth highest grossing film worldwide of 1990. It was followed by two sequels, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, in 1991, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 in 1993. The film is 93 minutes long. If you enjoy our discussions and would like to contribute or get in contact with us, consider visiting our website at OurMidnightCake.com, liking and subscribing, and sharing the transmission with your friends. So be sure to join us next week as we will be discussing Thor Love and Thunder. Should be a pretty fun discussion as both Lumberdor and Beaches seem to really enjoy this movie while I am on the opposite side of the fence and think that it is contending for one of the worst Marvel movies made. But anyway, we thought it would be fun to discuss before people forget that it's a thing. Okay, so Beaches. <clears throat> beaches. Oh, You're, why the me? Authority, You're the authority, sir. You're the authority. The class is Turtles 101. Your instructor is Beaches. Yes. <laughs> Do you ever, you know, some at some point in our lives, and you may not have reached it yet, you uh, you feel you've reached probably the peak of your human existence. But that happened when I was seven. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one. I'd already established that I, I loved films. You know, I like going to the theater. And just one Saturday morning, probably probably in March, in the lead up to the film, uh, this this trailer comes on, and, and and just a scream rings out in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already dead. This is already uh, <laughs> <laughs> amazing. 
You're like, it's I will never be this happy again just... in my whole life. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, you know, how do we deserve this? <laughs> it's not even the best movie, but it's so much better than it ever needed to be. It really is. And I tried to like, when I think, of, you know, watching it again now, is it accurate to say, because you know the comics better than me, I've only read the first issue, that's the only comic I've read, is like storyline-wise, it seems very true to the comic. You take the first issue as sort of a basis for this, yeah. the start and the ending, and then there are several more issues between, say, like... the like, Casey Jones stuff was later. The I have read handful, that. I yeah, like, because yeah. I've read the they Casey come, Jones ones. Yeah, yeah. This And this stuff mostly comes from the comics there's so, very so little like, that they added uh from either the cartoon or yeah, themselves at least story-wise so like story-wise it's all comic and yeah, yeah in it's, terms it's of like the tone of in terms of like the, the tone or certain beats along the way they throw in some of the kid-friendly cartoony stuff yeah that's too. that's the stuff that came from the cartoon that's, some of that's the, what the was tone. interesting to me watching it this time is like this is kind of dark, like the comic, or or kind. Of, you know, I mean, the comic was it has arguably there's a lot of satire, but there's a bit of grit and satire to it. But then it also has like this lighthearted, kid friendly family stuff like peppered in too. Like it kind of took like two things and like interpreted them both at the same time and somehow made it work. I was trying to think of like what other comic movie has done this. Well, I, yeah. I, I read um, recently for the first time, the director, Steve Barone, a lot of people will compare this to Batman because it came out the year after and how Batman took something that a lot of people thought ah. was just silly and turned it into this very like dark, gritty comic book uh, movie. But of course, when they started putting this together, Batman wasn't a thing yet. Right. And he said his inspiration was actually Ghostbusters. They the way the who you gonna call thing the way that. Ghostbusters <laughs> sort of told a, a serious story with comedic elements and that's with levity kind of, that's the tone he wanted to go for so it's like instead of Bill Murray's sense of humor it was like telling a serious story with some of the, like this almost like slapstick yeah silly yeah. goofy stuff from the cartoon wow that's actually that sums it up quite well I was trying to kind of put my finger on it. When I was watching it, that's what was unique to me about this is it didn't just pander kid silly stuff, but it wasn't just like depressing. So dark. you get a, it was a like bit of a lighter else. tone from the cartoons, yeah. uh, some some aesthetic things like the uh, the bandanas being mm -hmm. different colors. Mm -hmm. April's whole thing, because to have told April's story from the comics would have taken either a bigger movie or maybe just not even introducing her until the sequel. See, that's where I didn't know as much what she was like in the books. I only had the cartoon as my frame of reference for her. She is a, um, what, a computer scientist, I guess, who ends up losing her job because her boss is a villain. And uh, her fallback is a uh, uh, junk shop that her dad owned. <laughs> so it's more the antique story. That's her entire shop. character arc in the comics. Okay. Really. <laughs> oh. And then um, if I had, if, if they really uh, added anything completely original, it's probably Tatsu. Which I love. Mm. I love Tatsu. I think he's great mm -hmm. to, to give a lieutenant, give Shredder, yeah, yeah, uh, a human crony. 
I love how he gets his feelings hurt. <laughs> just, just from a, a disapproving glare. <laughs> yeah, then he wrecks up the place. <laughs> so, I mean, are we thinking like a darker, more comic, or not darker, a more serious storyline? Is this what we were expecting? I was trying to put myself back in my kid frame of mind. No, I probably, no, I don't I think probably didn't care because... The suits are amazing. I, we'll talk about the suits, I'm sure. I think if I anything, this, I think if anything, this put kids off a little bit. I was going to say they probably was, didn't expect going in to see this dark movie. It's such an interesting choice to me to go so serious. What I, I remember from had my childhood stuff. was thinking, "Wow, I love seeing the turtles on screen, but this is so different from the show I've been watching." And they messed mm-hmm. up Splinter's origin for some reason. <laughs> and uh, I remember a lot of us back then, you may have a different experience, uh, kind of liking the sequel more. Because it was even a little bit closer to the cartoon. Yeah, it was definitely goofier with the uh, like token razor. Sweet, sweet vanilla eyes. And I wore out that cassette tape. Vanilla Ice and Ernie Reyes Jr. That's all you need. Amazing. <laughs> well, Ernie was in in uh, the first one, right? He was in. It was, it was Ernie, Ernie was a stunt stunt performer for the, stunt, the suits. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So inside the turtles, you had actors. One of which actually provided the voice. Uh, Josh Payas uh, was Raphael, and then you also had stunt actors that would come in and do the 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 martial arts stuff the actors couldn't do, even though I think even they trained a bit so that they could do as much as they could. And then you know, the you thing that the voice kept, actors, then the, the thing voice that kept actors, coming yes. to me was like the way these guys moved in the suits. Right. And then I'm like, man, and they couldn't get Christian Bale as Batman to move <laughs> half as no, well no. as these guys. I mean, they're doing like front handsprings and cartwheels and aerials and all these crazy rolls and slides and just, Oh, that's the gold Christian Bale's like, I can't turn my head. That's the gold (laughs) harvest connection there, because I believe that's some of how they they finally got this thing. Amazingly, you know, they pitched this thing as like, hey, this is, you know, there's this new big thing, this cartoon and this toy line that's so successful. No company wants to touch it. None of the big studios, because specifically because Masters of the Universe have been such a huge flop recently. Right. Mm. I didn't even think about the timing of that. Yeah. 1987, I think. Um, yeah. The old You know, and I, I enjoy that <laughs> film. That's probably the only thing Masters of the Universe I'll even pull out and watch today. I want, I want to do that sometime. <laughs> well, Let's get a little one. vintage Courtney Cox, a little Bruce Springsteen era Courtney Cox, a little Dolph. <laughs> but it did Dolph's not do hair well. hair is better than Courtney's. That's all I have to say. <laughs> so when they try to pitch this thing as like an adaptation of a successful indie comic book, you know, you get, oh, but uh, Howard the Duck was just such a huge flop. <laughs> <laughs> had Leah Thompson in her underwear and it's still yep, flopped. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. That extremely uncomfortable scene. So, oh, so yeah, they just, awful. you know, they, they couldn't awful. get this thing Choices were anybody. made. Choices were made. <laughs> We must live with the consequences of our choices. Just like so eventually they went to Golden Harvest, who, you know, is huge for bringing us like Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan. Um, yeah. I, many, so that's a connection I definitely missed as a kid. Even Kung though Fu greats. getting into Jackie Chan 
in like high school, of course, mm. I recognized the Golden Harvest name. So yeah, Enter the Dragon was was uh, oh huge. So I want to say I want to say the the fight choreographer for this movie, Pat Johnson, was in Enter the Dragon as a stuntman. Yeah, yeah. I want to say so he trained um, with Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs> It was involved with a lot of early Chuck Norris movies. He did all the choreography for The Karate Kid. He did the choreography for Mortal Kombat, the first Mortal Kombat movie. I think I think the sequel as well. God bless that sequel. Um, oh, don't hold but that you against know, him. You know, like the fight choreography in Karate Kid is great. Yes. And, and I, I was Kombat. actually surprised mm-hmm. at how much I enjoyed the choreography in this movie. It's I mean, really fun to watch. It, even that it incorporated beats like spinning on a shell or even like the arcade game had the move where they would like hit their shells together. They like, they did that. At <laughs> yeah. One point. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But there was mixed in some really tight, some really tight, like kicking work and things like that. Like I, I was impressed watching it as an adult. I think I almost and picked then, up on things I didn't as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I believe part of that is the golden harvest connection. So they got that, the, the great stunt people yeah. doing that work. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They could move like that, that in the suits. Speaks a lot to their talent and commitment to their characters to be well, able yeah, to do that. Think how miserable this thing been. to them was to say that you know all we need is a handful of our guys in the, wherever Golden Harvest is located in foam rubber suits. We could make this thing for like three million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so that sold it. I think it actually ended up being about ten million more than that. Yeah. Well, I think well, it helped too it's with the martial arts. It's still an extremely tiny budget <laughs> group you had just mentioned, plus the Jim Henson connection too. Cause I mean, it's, you've got all these fantastic team of puppeteers behind it that are going to make it look as lifelike as possible too. Uh, yeah. And Jim Henson was the thing because after they brought Steve Barone on, he had worked with Jim Henson on the storyteller. Yeah. Um, oh, and he wanted Jim I remember Henson. that. You know, it was his that. idea that they needed Jim Henson and uh, it was Golden Harvest is like, are you crazy? We can't afford Jim <laughs> <laughs> But he talked to it and it was almost a favor, I guess, in the end um, from huh. Jim Henson to Steve. He really, he had to talk him into it because he wasn't a fan of the tone of the comics. So he convinced him that the, the action, the, the violence was going to kind of come from a good place. It wasn't going to just be violence for violence sake. Yeah. And, I and they did a guess. good job. Like There's a lot of silliness in, in the fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seemed like there's all, there would always be like some gag or moment of levity mm. in each fight scene. Zero blood. <laughs> yeah, Zero exactly. Blood. <laughs> no one gets but, it. But you do see the, well. the little bruises on the turtles' faces and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Raphael does look pretty uh pretty beat up. Oh yeah. If anything really does make this movie, it is it is the Jim Henson suits, I think. And yeah. on that note, I I did watch this with my kids. Oh, and cool. they enjoyed the movie. I asked them specifically what they thought about the, the actual turtles. <laughs> and my oldest said that they look weird. <laughs> and, and they're they supposed don't. to. <laughs> yes, yes. And they I mean they are they are mutated turtles. The, well, I mean, the, the, the concept in and of itself is very weird. They look <laughs> yeah, weird yeah. until they put on a trench coat and a hat, in which case they look like totally normal humans. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite With reviews of this film, <laughs> which you would think wouldn't be a negative review, but it kind of was. One of my favorite reviews called the, 
it said something about them being for uh hr puffin stuffs <laughs> sure uh, a complaint yeah. that my kids had is that the only one with a distinct personality was Raphael, and and that's probably true for the comics as well oh, okay mm-hmm. well and, and yeah. that the others were pretty much the same character up until the cartoon, they really didn't have any distinct characterizations. Uh, you you had the beats from the Raphael one shot where where he was definitely the loner. He he's the one that wanted to get out on his own, and he was angry. Mm-hmm. Eventually, and I think this probably came after the cartoon. You did have things where like Donatello was working on this or that. He wasn't the you know the science genius that he's in the uh, cartoon, but he he would you know, work on the plumbing or something. <laughs> and actually, he, uh, when it comes to the uh, the post-Splinter uh, conversation, he he shows himself to be kind of the thoughtful one. Oh, when Mikey's waiting. And that, for, and that uh, one scene when he's pizza. trying to have a conversation with yeah. Michelangelo mm-hmm. about what Splinter had said, and Michelangelo is clearly the one that's just going to put it to the back of his mind. Deflecting. Not, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's some keen criticism from your kid, though, because I, I think that's but, true. That yeah, especially with Donatello, Michelangelo and Donatello are not as distinct in this movie as they are in like other adaptations. Espe- for especially example. with Donatello, I would complain that he doesn't get any great characterization. In yes, this. No, and he's he Corey really Feldman. Doesn't. Come on. That, that that I think is they felt like that's what made it was that that's enough. Corey it's Corey Feldman. That's enough. <laughs> Their main exposure to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the was the 2012 Nickelodeon series. Yep. Same here that, for mine. And which and is really is, good. It yeah, it, it is really good. And it's so and good. Each of the turtles have very distinct personalities and what makes them unique. <laughs> they kept saying <laughs> things like Donatello isn't like that, <laughs> or <laughs> you know, says stuff along those lines. I was like, no, no, this is. He has to be like, well, in the movie, he is. <laughs> yeah, well, so, this is how he is here. <laughs> at love or hate the sequels, they do kind of get the other turtles do get their moments mm-hmm. going it, forward. It is very raff heavy. Is that like? Do you think that's the storyline they chose? Because I know the Casey Jones story was more. I think About once Raphael, again, right? if, you, if you use the first issue as the main template for the entire movie, mm-hmm. um, he's the one that gets sent out on the mission to call out the shredder and he gets his own, you know, monologue about how he's not like his other brothers and he loves being outside and, and right. uh, the air and being alone. So yeah, they probably pulled from that. He's, he's the daredevil of the, and they actually they give him leonardo's big thing leonardo's actually the one that ends up having the huge solo fight with the foots and tossed through the window oh yeah ah. which i love okay. that scene in the movie where which they, they end up adapting that in oh, other yeah. versions the 2003 and 2012 versions of the, that's a really the, good scene actually where he's just like what are you gonna do i'm too good for all you guys good answer there are 50 of us <laughs> you guys must be studying the abridged book of ninja fight <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i went and checked this when he when he's in the trench coat and he's chasing casey jones and he rolls across the top of the taxi taxi oh yeah and the guy in the back says what you know like what was that that is uh, the That's voice of Raphael, Josh Payas, uh, Payas, yeah. Payas, yeah. The voice Saying and the that. suit actor. Yeah, and and the taxi driver's just like, yeah, I look like a turtle in a trench coat. <laughs> like I thought that was. <laughs> I love all the lines. 
Yeah. I love all the beats about New York just not caring. They just there's that. The there's yeah. Really, that no one's the, convinced. They the just cab driver doesn't care. There's the uh, scene where Raphael just lets out the huge pain scream after they, you know, and then they show the old guy just sort of like shuffling across. Oh, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> Just the pizza guy is just like, eh, I just sewer. need a different route. <laughs> yep. These guys are Casey's reaction to Raphael. <laughs> well, you just look slightly weirder than any other person I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Yeah, yes, if he's a punker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hate punkers, especially ones with bald heads and green makeup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Casey Jones is is a wonderful character in this movie. He's my favorite turtle. (laughs) You know, that was something I enjoyed a lot. Elias Pateas has done a lot of stuff. Um, He's still working. He's so good in this. I I would almost, I used to say he was probably the biggest actor to come out of this movie until, oh, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Until Until you realize (laughs) Sam Rockwell's there in the background. Right. (laughs) As kind of the head street tough I love seeing people's reactions to that warehouse when they first go in there and you see like that eight-year-old kid with a giant smoke and a cigar. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. He's playing no, for a different time, His kids gambling and, and that wasn't even the rebellious part. Playing in the violent 90s, video we all games. Did that. Yeah. He's like, you want to join our empire of crime? We got cigarettes. <laughs> in the nineties, we all smoked guys. That wasn't even the bad part. <laughs> We all smoke stogies. Your only decision is regular or menthol. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Got to listen to the rebellious part. We were high as soon as that gong rings. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I mean, I loved how well organized everything was. Like they would come in, and some of them were playing, but some of them were working. So I imagine you—you you just understood you had to come in and like work a shift, like unboxing stolen goods. And then you got to play afterward. <laughs> yeah. I also got heavy Pinocchio vibes. That, that oh, theme park. Oh, I know. It. I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I get it. Where all the naughty little boys can go and... All the riffraff. Turn yeah. into jackasses. <laughs> and and like one girl. Form them yeah. into real New Yorkers. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm always very concerned for that girl. <laughs> this is not a safe environment <laughs> no, no, no. for anybody, much less a little girl. <laughs> that watching this again reignited. I had I had way more fun than I thought I would have watching an old, a quote unquote old children's movie from the '90s. I mean, I I really enjoyed it. I did too. And it wasn't just from nostalgia. No, no, it really is like a fun, it's Me a too. fun watch. Yeah, it is. It's one of those old gems that um, isn't perfect, but when you take off the nostalgia glasses, it still, it still works. Yeah, it has its own merits for sure. Thank you for joining us in the dimension of our midnight cape. We hope you'll visit us again. From myself, Lumberdor, Beaches, and Doug, thank you, and good night.
Holy as crap, much as so I... Splinter, wait, the voice of Splinter <laughs> is the voice of Elmo? Oh, yeah. What the heck, you guys? Not modern Elmo. <laughs> Not modern Elmo. Heck? Pre uh, problem error. <laughs> <laughs> problem error, Elmo. <laughs> you just can't talk about anything anymore, can you? No. <laughs> I guess that's all we can say. Stupid. So this, this, this was actually the last um, theatrical work that Jim Henson was involved in. While he still, I've read, was still not thrilled about the violence uh, i've read that he was pretty p- proud of what they had done he had estimated about having about uh, having to invent maybe a new technology for every every show he did and for this <laughs> one they had to invent nine <laughs> invent nine <Nice>. technologies <laughs> that doesn't surprise me <laughs> has this guy seen how creepy the dark crystal is i mean he's so worried about the ninja turtles jeez louise <laughs> right <laughs> Frick. It wasn't as violent though. It was just dark. Like, very you know. disturbing though. In the last, has this guy not seen? Like, have you seen your work? I don't know. That scene with the the things out in the forest that the heads oh, came. That, that gave me nightmares. <laughs> that was the trauma. That was the real traumatizing. But let's not use swords. <laughs> I respect you. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say a bad thing. <laughs> Is it possible he was just trying to make sure that everything was nice and saleable to Disney at that point? <laughs> Who knows? No. Hey, yep. <laughs> he doesn't seem like the kind that would sell out to anybody, you know. Well, it's a whole different podcast, but but I, I have heard that the whole Disney sale is is probably contributed to his death. <laughs> just just being so stressed about um, all of that. So Ninja Turtles. Um, 